is about having your letting your kids be rich when they're older. And it's not about giving them everything that they want necessarily. Uh, not even that. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How you doing today? I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 36 of the Chris and Christine Show. Yes, and I got to do a quick good morning, everybody, because today we are doing this podcast in the morning before noon, which happens to be in the morning. Isn't that right, Christine? Uh, Yes, before noon has stereotypically been considered morning, Chris. I haven't had breakfast yet, and I'm still in my pajamas. But you've had like 15 cups of coffee on an empty stomach, so you're welcome. Just one. No. You're welcome, everybody. No, just one cup of coffee. You had two. No, I wish I had two. (laughs) I had one. Well, you are the Energizer Bunny no matter what, and then you add coffee on top of it, and it's endless amounts of energy. So you're welcome, listeners. You're very welcome. You get the very best fresh Chris right out of the morning routine. Yes, you're all welcome. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I'm uh, doing my absolute best to bring it this morning. It's oh, this like change in weather, and it's like something with officially May starting. We went from April showers to May flowers, and with May flowers come May allergies. Ugh. Oh, I know. Well, I've had allergies uh, since the uh, probably last month or something like that. I've had the allergies. Gosh, Ugh. yuck. Are you allergic to me? I, I think I'm allergic to work. Is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense. But how's your week been going, Chris? It's been really busy. Surprisingly, though, at work, you wouldn't think so because people are still home for the quarantine. But I think right now people are just over it. I was just going to say, are they really still quarantining? I've been seeing all these protesters and things like that. Like, are people really staying at home? That's the thing. People are the, the government saying, please stay home. But people are just over it. They're protesting in the streets, going to the beaches. The beaches, it was funny, the governor, no, the local beaches, yeah, the local beaches were open, but then the governor said, no, all beaches need to be closed. They started like arresting people down by the beach if they were on the beach or something. And then the states, uh, they said that was the protesters fought back and then the governor caved in and then he says, okay, okay, all beaches are back open. No, it wasn't just Orange County. Yeah, but they said, Orange County, we don't like you guys. So (laughs) you guys are going to get screwed. We're making no beaches open in Orange County, which is kind of funny because I think the beaches in Orange County, I believe those were the ones that were like, had big gatherings. They really protested there. Those are the ones that said, screw you, governor, we're going to do what we want. And so the governor pushed back. Yeah, and he said only those specific Orange County beaches have to be closed. And it was so funny because people here in San Diego were like, see, we told you, we followed the rules. And then the mayor of San Diego was like, see, you know, don't jump the gun, blah, blah, blah. And I was just thinking, y'all, like, why are we protesting right now? Can we just follow the rules? But then again, I'm a rule follower. You know this, Chris. I always follow the rules. Well, so do I. Well, sometimes. No, I really, I do. For real. But... I was, you, did you ever see the protesters who had those cool signs they made, those homemade signs with a Sharpie on the big uh, piece of cardboard? Well, some of them were hilarious. No, I didn't even see them. Were there some specifically funny ones? Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. Basically, basically the, the trend was open California, open the state. We want to go back to work. Let us go back to work. 
um, the governor's an idiot, stuff like that. Well, we're not going to get political on this, but all that to say, Chris has been busier than normal at work, right? Yeah, you know, it's been getting busier because I think, like I said, people are back on the roads. Um, traffic, you know, it's funny. If you listen to the traffic report on the radio, um, the first week of the quarantine, it was like, okay, there's like one car that got in a crash and that's it. Uh, have a good day. Now you hear this accident, that accident, this freeway's got traffic, this freeway's got traffic. It's slowly starting to be more traffic on the traffic report, which means more cars. Which means busier Chris at work. Right. More gas stations need gas. And I've been going to these stations to deliver, and a lot of them been like almost out of right. gas, like literally out of gas. If somebody's not doing their job, or maybe they're busy, or I don't know. Well, I just have to say, some superheroes wear capes, others fill gas. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your service. You're, yeah, you are welcome, and you <laughs> all out there are welcome, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, Christine, um, you've had Ezekiel down here all week long, yes. and the other two kids, well, for a couple of days now. How's that been going? Um, well, first of all, I absolutely love having Ezekiel with me. He is the light of my life. And uh, I just been thinking about this, like, it is really hard when you're away from your kiddo for a while. And for me, this was the longest stretch ever since he was born that we'd been apart because, you know, I'd been under the weather and his dad and I made the decision for him to stay at the other house while I was recovering and then afterwards uh, for a couple of weeks to make sure that I didn't have anything that was contagious. And so I actually had gone five weeks without him being here with me in person. And it was... It was very emotional. So I totally can relate to so many people that are going through like not having their family nearby or not having their loved ones nearby or if kids are having to stay with the other parent because of the whole COVID-19 situation. But when I brought him home with me uh, last Sunday, he was so excited and he was so excited to be here with Jacob and Mason. Like I took Jacob up with me and then uh, on the drive home, I surprised the boys. We all had our masks and I knew that pretty much everything was shut down in LA. And the last time I picked up Zeke, he really, really wanted to see the um, walk of fame in Hollywood. The stars. Well, the stars that are on the sidewalk. Yeah. And so I drove him down there last time, but it was, Pre, like it was the first weekend before the closure, before everything closed. It was like that Friday. Um, it was the Friday night or Saturday after they declared the state of emergency. Okay. And so I was like, I want to take him and Jacob and do something special. So we had gloves, we had masks, and we parked for 30 minutes. And I let them walk around and look at the stars on the Walk of Fame. And oh my gosh, babe, they were so excited oh yeah yeah like the very first star that we saw where we parked was the star for walt disney oh wow and then like like, i know that guy yeah and then snoopy and um a bunch of different celebrities and then we were just parked like a block and a half away from the chinese theater but but i totally forgot until you brought it up that that's the place where all the footprints are so i have this cute picture of them but they didn't even get to like look at the footprints. I'm now, such was a that, doofus. Wasn't it roped off though? Like you could get to it, right? Right. But I took a picture of them right in front of that fence, but we didn't turn around because I didn't. I was like, well, why is it roped off? And I thought it was just because they don't want people walking up to the front. I didn't realize it's because they don't want people walking on the footsteps. 
I don't know why that matters. It's all cement. You know, what, what would that matter? You know? Well, with all of the traffic, if people have things on the bottom of their feet, like gum and stuff like that, it could be really hard to clean it up and keep it pristine. That could be it. Or maybe uh, they don't have time because nobody's working to go do it, you know, or take care of it. Yeah, quite possibly. So we walked around and we were hunting for a specific star and it's the star for one of Zeke's favorite comedians, Jeff Denham. Did you find it? No, we didn't. Does and- he has a star? He does have a star, and apparently, according to Ezekiel, it's near one of the CVSs. So we parked by one of the CVSs, and we were looking around, but it wasn't that one. So we kept hunting for like three blocks on both sides of the street and kind of going back and forth. But next time we go, the boys have asked if we could please, please, please get a Walk of Fame star map. And oh, they have that? Yeah, Can't they you do. just Google that? and like, I'm sure you can Google that on the internet, right? They'll tell you. They might have to do like a map, like a Google Maps of where the star is located, I would think. Yeah. That's possible, but one of the things that I do appreciate about Zeke and Jacob is that they sometimes nerd out on stuff and they really get into things. And so, like having the hard copy map, they would totally be like checking things off. Do you think they like pin it on the wall, like put it up on their on their bedroom wall? Absolutely, and it becomes a memory. And so, you know, I was down there and I wanted to get the map for them, but it only took one dollar bills and five dollar bills, but the maps were ten bucks. And who carries around ten one? Was it a vending machine or something? Yes, it was oh, like was one it? of those old-fashioned newspaper machines where you put the money in and then it opens up. You could have gone to like the local liquor store in the corner. They probably would have had it in the... In the Babe, what? We're at a shutdown. Nothing was open. Not even stores? Nothing. Everything was closed up, gates in front of it. You couldn't... like everything was closed except for the little oh, walk-up uh, pizza place. I got a really important question Okay, about the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Was there characters out there doing pictures? No. Oh, there man. was one guitarist. It was completely. Was like, he Jimi Hendrix? No, because they had the Jimi Hendrix uh, lookalike, and he was no. out there doing the guitar thing. No, it was just a rando, and um, it was so empty. And so we were able to more than maintain our six feet of social distancing or physical distancing. I like physical distancing better. Um, we were able to keep uh, physical space with everybody and the the walks there are wide because of the stars and so if you were walking by someone they would walk on the opposite side of you of course of and course. so we were able to stay very safe and then i had lots of hand sanitizer and we put our little masks in a baggie so we didn't like carry germs but they were so excited to go see the walk of fame it was really fun yeah and so now what they're asking is can i take them back uh in like a couple weeks or a couple of months but they want to save up that ten dollars to be able to each go and buy a star map because they they were trying to hit me up for it and i was like i don't have that money in my (laughs) in my wallet right now and then i was like well you guys are an allowance if that's something that you want then you need to put your ones and your fives away so that the next time i take you you never know when that's gonna be you got the money for the star map and you're not having to hit me up and speaking of money and kids with money and saving money, we have coming up next an expert that works with kids and works with kids and their financing and trying to figure out what to do with their allowances. Yep. And we are going to talk with her right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. Ooh, ooh. 
And welcome back, everybody. Today, our guest is a businesswoman. She's the founder of Four Pocket Allowance and is focused on financial literacy. She's super passionate about supporting kids and becoming money smart. And she happens to be our first international guest. Welcome to the Chris and Christine show, Sarah Phillips. Thanks so much, guys, for having me. I'm so excited to be here talking with you today. Hey, Sarah. So, hey, uh, thank you for being on the show. And what part of the world are you coming to us from? I am in the great Canadian capital of Ottawa. Wow. So is that like closer to the east side of the country or? Uh... So we're pretty, we're central. I think Toronto's our neighbor that everyone uh, everyone can find on a map a little bit easier than, than us. Well, I have only been to Canada once and it was for a 12 hour, well, it was supposed to be a four hour hour layover, but it was a 12 hour layover, but I've only been to the Toronto airport, but I hear that Canada is beautiful. So like around where you live, what's it actually like? So I am, I'm in the capital. Uh, We get to experience the full four seasons, the changing of the uh, leaves in the fall. We get incredible winters with snowbanks taller than we are that are great for the kids, all kinds of outdoor activities. Uh, lots of parks, nature around us. Um, we'd love to host you here sometime. That's fantastic. I've been to Canada one time. I've been to, I believe it's the Glacier National Park. Is that Canada? I think it is. By Montana? Oh, You're going to test my Canadian geography now. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, it's a big country. It's a big country, Chris. Oh, man. I'm not going to represent well here. Okay. (laughs) That's okay. Well, we are really (laughs) excited to have you on the show. And I'll just tell our listeners, Sarah and I connected online through a women's networking group. And she reached out to me. Oh, really? Yeah. She reached out to me because um, we are both in a blended family situation. And we wanted to learn from each other. And then I was super fascinated with her background. So uh, Chris and I would love to get started with you sharing a little bit about your blended family story with us, Sarah. Sure. So we have combined three kids. This is what I find about blended families. I don't know if you have the same experience. It's really hard to find the language around how to describe like do I have three kids or do I have one and I have two stepkids? So we do collectively, we have three boys. We're at ages 18, 15, and 12 at the moment. So I admit 18, it's starting to feel like we're actually down to two kids. We're not seeing the 18 year old quite as much as we used to. Um, And so, yeah, I have this fantastic house full of boys. We're on an every other week situation. So we have weeks when there is tons of activity, tons of kids running around, uh, lots of energy to burn. And then we have quieter weeks when we get to, I guess, collect our thoughts a little bit in between and plan for the weeks to come. I think you can probably identify with those feelings a little Mm -hmm. bit. Oh, yeah, we can. Well, you just just described sounds like an exact copy of us, but a few years older than us because our kids are 7, 10 and 15. And we kind of the same situation where they kind of have to go away for a little bit and they come back and and we switch back between houses. Yeah, that's absolutely what we do. I think for us, it's every Sunday is our switch over. So we get the full week, the full weekend, and then Sunday evenings, we pour ourselves a glass of wine and and reflect on what the week has been. Yeah, we totally identify with that. So with the kiddos here, we have together between the two of us, like you said, it's always hard to find the language. So we have three. Um, And Chris and I were actually just having a conversation about this very topic, maybe like a week or so ago is, you know, we're not married yet. Do we say our kids? Do I call them my stepsons, even though we haven't officially gotten married yet. No paperwork yet on it, you know. Right. And so (laughs) it's definitely a different, uh, a different dynamic for sure. It is. And then that whole 
I don't know, there's all those connotations around the word stepmom, isn't there? Like you're just, the kids will say it sometimes. I took them to work once and somebody said, oh, you brought the kids in. And the one just looked at them and said, she's my stepmom. And I oh, thought, really? Oh, it just has that ring to it. It has that like, oh, and I know it's a good thing. I'm a stepmom. I'm an awesome stepmom. But it, yeah, it just, I think we all grew up with too many fairy tales of wicked stepmothers that it just has that sound. Oh yeah, like Cinderella, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And so uh, it's so funny because Chris's youngest, well, our youngest, again, struggling with the words, our youngest, Mason, he started to test out with calling me stepmom. He'll be oh, like, really? What do you do? He'll be like, okay, stepmom. Okay, stepmom. And he doesn't oh. do it in a mean way. It's like his title for me. I think he's just like testing it out, but it's. Well, yeah, instead of calling you mom, because he, I think he's accidentally called you mom before, hasn't he? Yeah, a couple of times. Has that ever happened in your situation, Sarah? Um, I think a couple of times it slipped, but I also remember as a kid at times, do you remember accidentally calling your teacher mom? Like, I think it was just <laughs> yeah. that kind of a slip where there's this adult figure and it's a female. So the word mom comes out, but not regularly. Regularly, I'm just Sarah to them all. And then my son sees that, of course, and he starts calling me Sarah. And I'm like, no, no, I'm still mom to you. Like, let, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's keep this all. Whoa. Like, there's some limits on what we change here. <laughs> so, Sarah, how long have you been married now? We were, we've been married almost three years. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, officially married. We've been together longer we've been together for about eight okay yeah sorry i should know these numbers off the top of my i'm glad no, my husband's okay. not here listening yeah, what's your anniversary <laughs> when's your anniversary <laughs> Uh, But we love having you on the show today because after you and I connected on social media, um, I was doing a little bit of research on you and found out that you had this great business that I wanted to learn about that I think that so many of our listeners could really benefit from. And it's called Four Pocket Allowance. And so we're going to learn a little bit more about your company, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. I think the best way to start is always why I started. So instead of talking about the product first, it's why, why did I start doing this? And I think a lot of parents will identify. We just hit the point where no matter what we were doing, no matter where we took our kids out and about, there was the question, can you buy me this? Like, even if we went to a museum, there's, we, oh, we would yeah. the museum because there's the museum gift shop, right? Well, and they always put it, it right, coming, the, you're like, right at the go. exit. It's like right at the exit as you walk out of the museum, the, the gift shop's right there. Yeah. And it's, and, and they know, and they know the keywords to say, but it's educational and they know how to try to like guilt you into trying to get something. And I felt like our kids were, we hit a point, I called it the spaghetti method. You know how there's that old, I don't even actually do this, but I know there's a saying, but you take spaghetti and you throw it against the wall and see what sticks. That was our kids approaches to, to spending money. It didn't matter what it was, you ask for it because you didn't know when you would get the magic yes. It wasn't that we were spoiling our kids and buying everything. It was just the ask for anything because you might get a yes out of this one. And it was driving us crazy. We didn't start this because we we first thought we need to teach them about money for when they're adults. We started this initially because we knew that we couldn't keep going this way. We couldn't keep going with the endless questions. Oh yeah, we totally can relate to that. You know, we have to go to Target, which is um, real close to our house here. And right now, um, I don't know if it's the same way in Canada, but most everything is closed, and so there's very few opportunities for us to actually leave the home. So if we have to take one or two kids to Target for essentials, they always want to sweet talk us into going down the toy aisle. And then it 
it's the, well, I can't really play outside right now. And I really don't want to bother you when you're, you know, fill in the blank. So I think that you buying this for me would be a really good use of my time. And it's like, they know the things (laughs) to say to try and get whatever it is that they're wanting. Yes, they do. Yeah, they're they're pretty smart. So so we hit the point where we sat down and we said, look, not only is it driving us crazy, our kids aren't learning anything. They're not even evaluating. They're not even picking and saying, is this something like in your case that I actually want to be doing or I actually need? They're just randomly asking for things and not picking what they want the most. So it's not serving us and it's not serving them. So we started to look into this issue of an allowance. Like everyone talks about an allowance. So we said, let's dig in. Let's figure out what we want to do. And we couldn't find anything out there that met exactly what we wanted. So we decided to to build what it was that we wanted for our kids and share it with everyone else. That's so awesome. So how many years ago did you actually create this company? So I'll back up. We started doing the allowance with our kids quite a few, probably about six years ago. And then, and we started with our family. We started kind of working out the kinks with ourselves, what we liked and didn't like. And then the business itself um, is more recent. It's probably been within the last two years that we started to really take this out and have feel that we confident that we had something that we wanted to share with everyone else. Awesome. Chris and I have been talking a lot about how we can help our kids from a young age establish money patterns that keep them living within their means while planning for emergencies in the future. And so we bought your four pocket allowance system. Two of them, by the way. Two of them. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So for um, (laughs) the youngest two, because they're with us the most and they're regularly earning um, allowance now. By the money that they would have a wallet at our house and they'd have a wallet at my ex-wife's house. And then we give them money and you find Mason, the littlest one, he would just like leave the money on the table or leave it wherever he left it. Like, oh, you got the money, leave it on the couch or whatever. So we're trying to get them organized and your kit, they love it. Right. So we just got, we introduced them to it last week, but Chris and I are struggling a little bit with actually educating the kids on the different aspects of the system. So I was wondering, could you talk to us through the different components of four-pocket allowance and how a parent might introduce this concept of being smart with your money to their kids? Absolutely. And thank you so much for the compliment. I'm so glad you guys love them. Um, So I would say first and foremost, it's important to sit back and say, what are you trying to do right now? So for example, there's an investing pocket. You're not going to teach your kid to be a stockbroker on day one. So what are we really trying to be doing at this age? In my mind, one, it's about empowering kids. So it's letting them start to make some of their own money choices so Mm -hmm. that they start to, to practice, make decisions, make mistakes sometimes. And the other one is building the habit building their uh, investing muscle uh, while they're young so they can be doing this later. So what, what's in the kit, that's the best place to start, are four key pockets for the kids to put their money into. So they cover savings, uh, spending, giving, and investing. So those were the four key areas we wanted our kids to be dividing their money amongst. Um, there's a couple of other things that we put into the design. One, we wanted something convenient. So we see all the time people using jars for their allowances. And for us, four, uh, three kids by four pockets, that would be 12 jars. We do not have a huge house. That's a lot of counter space to be yeah. right, dedicating right. just to allowances. We wanted something that was like sleek, could fit on your bookshelf, um, didn't take up a lot of space. The pockets come out so you can take it to the store, bring it back again. Um, 
we wanted something that was cash based. We felt that was important. Right. Um, Who's giving change out to their kids these days? Most of it's cash, right? Yeah. Or a lot of people say, but but I even hear from people who uses cash anymore. Everything. Why are we teaching our kids something oh, yeah. so antiquated? Like oh, we're all using a card. But I think it's important that kids can like touch it and count it. Do you remember when you were a kid that joy of counting money and piling oh, your little dimes yeah. until you got a dollar and you'd get so excited and you you understood what money was. You understood that when you went to a store, you were giving something and getting something back again right or, and taking the thing that you bought at the store whereas when kids are just seeing us tap and swipe these days they don't understand that there's actually money behind that's a hard concept for a kid to understand right uh and the other thing I'd add, anything we teach kids, cards, they're not going to exist when our kids are older. So right. even if we taught them to use plastic, I'm sorry, that's going to be antiquated by the time these kids are out in the real world as well. So it's not about teaching them the the, the specifics of cash or a plastic, but it's about teaching them the idea of what money actually is so they understand it a bit better. Yeah, I love that so much because we really are in this society that's evolving where a lot of people don't carry cash. And I know that when Chris and I go shopping at the grocery store or at Target, they now even have the tap feature with your Apple Pay on your phone. So the kids don't see very often the exchange of money for goods. And so that's one of the things that we were wrestling with is the kiddos would come back to us. They come, um, Jacob and Mason, every Saturday morning. And it was, can you buy this for me on Amazon? And and, you know, it's $15, $20 and all they see is a click, click. And then two days yeah, later, Yeah, but they also up. They also bring us the cash too. They will do the same thing. They will bring their cash out of their wallet and exchange it for us clicking it on our phone. Well, now they will. I mean, we since they're starting to earn allowance, they will. But before it was just, can you buy this for me? But like you're saying, there's this need to help kids in general, not just ours, but kids in general understand the value of money and what it actually does for us. It, and you see, I don't know if you guys hit this point yet, but our greatest aha moment when we started, for us, it was a movie theater. We went to the movies and the kids had their usual, can we get candy? And we'd always say, no, we're not getting candy. But this time was, well, you now have your own money if that's what you want to spend candy on. And they go up to the front and they look at the prices and they come back and they say, why? Why would anybody spend $8 on this when I can get it at the dollar store? Yep, so I've exactly. been telling you that for years. Yeah. Exactly. But they don't, when it's not their money, it just doesn't click the same. And, and we're all the same that way. It's not at their fault, but we need to give them those opportunities. You know, and there's grownups that act the same way too, you know, uh, they're spoiled that uh, don't know any better either. Uh, absolutely. We had one of our kids actually come to us, the oldest one, he hit about, he got his first job at about 16. And he said, it's okay, guys, you don't have to make me save anymore. I know how to save. And we kind of stopped and said, the fact that you're saying that to us makes me think maybe you don't quite get it. It's not enough to know how. We all know how. All the adults know how. We know saving is pretty a simple concept. You don't spend, but it's about building that habit and making it something that you know to do automatically that I think is so much more important. Yeah, that's definitely a, a really great point. And so for Jacob, who is Chris is, well, he's our second. A couple months ago, he decided he wanted this really gigantic Lego set and it was $160. And so he was trying to work all of the angles of how he could at first get us to pay for it. But then we talked to him about if you save your money, then you can buy it for yourself. And so he came up with, well, how do I save money if I can't earn money? And that was the point where Chris and I were like, okay, well, we're in a new phase now. It's time for chores and allowance. And so we, we have structured tasks that they now do every week. Uh, 
um, and they earn money. And um, when it came time just a couple weeks ago for Jacob to actually buy his Lego set, we did what you're saying, the shopping around. It was $250 on one website, $180 on another, and then we found it for $160. And he's like, this is the best price I can spend my money on this now. And like you said, it's a light bulb moment of if it was our money, he'd be fine with whatever's fastest. Right. 280 who cares? Drew Barron, who cares? Yeah. Right. And so the $160 one, because it was back ordered from Lego, he had to wait an additional three weeks. But when it came, he was so proud of the fact that he'd saved his every penny of his own money to be able to get it. I love it. I love hearing stories like that. This is why we do it. Oh, Absolutely. that's awesome. Well, so we just got the kids started on it. And one of the areas that we are struggling with communicating to them is the investing component. So saving and spending, yeah, they got kind, that. Yeah, they kind of understand the concept of that stuff. But when it comes to the investing section, you try to explain to the kids what it what it means at an early, early age, like in seven years old here. I mean, you know. Oh, sure. So I guess there's two sides. So one is why we're doing it with kids at this age. So to that, I would say uh, the $2 that there are. So our kids, it was $2. We started $20 every two weeks. Uh, $2 went into investing, two into giving, and then a split. So the $2 is not going to make them a millionaire when they're older. But it's about building that muscle that automatically when you get money, some of it, some of it you're going to save for the things you want to spend. And some of it isn't even is going to be saved without the intention of spending eventually. And so at the beginning, it's just about building that muscle, just making it automatic, um, making them get past that feeling of a loss that they're setting money aside that they can't spend and therefore I've lost it. Mm -hmm. So that when they get a little bit older, they've now accumulated a bit of money. They can see over the last three or four years how that money has started to add up and then you can start to play with it. But the best way to explain investing to kids is actually a game of Monopoly. I don't know if you've if you've had oh, a chance to play it. Monopoly lately. It. Yeah, they have a kids it's version. Like, yeah, they like. Have you seen the kids version they have now? It's very simple. Have you seen that one? No, we play a world version, but I haven't seen a kids one. No. Yeah, the kids one. I believe they just it just does one dollar bills, and it's very simple. It's yeah. like there's no like you know what I mean. Like the big one has got all the different dom- nominations of money. The kids yeah. one is just ones. I think is all they got. Oh, that's okay. Oh, no, I'll have to check that out. Uh, But what I would encourage kids after a game of Monopoly to say is if you just took your money and every time you passed go, collected your paycheck, so to speak, your your however much money you get when you pass go, and then circle the board and you didn't spend anything. If you didn't spend your money on anything, are you going to win this game? And the likelihood of winning is pretty low because you need to be (laughs) invested. You need to be... Investing that money, buying property, using yep. your money to of make course. more money. And that's the story of life. And it, Monopoly, like, it's such a simple way to explain that to kids. Just it, if you only hold on to your money and don't invest it into something, you're not going to get ahead in this game. And that's that's a good connection for them to make because it connects money. And there's, there's a lot of great lessons, actually, when we play Monopoly. Okay, you're blowing my mind right now as an adult because when I play Monopoly, <laughs> I'm that person that's like, I don't want to spend anything because I... I've always, I grew up um, kind of poor and not having very much. And so then I try to save as much as possible and kind of hoard it away for the what if situation. Like, what if something horrible happens and I need to have that liquid cash? And I think the same thing in Monopoly. And I think that that's my adult habit as it comes to money right now. Now, fortunately, just a couple months ago, I did start investing for the first time. I'm very excited. But you bring up a really good point about, I think that it's that muscle that we don't always think of teaching kids to start flexing at a young age around investing. We focus so much on spending and saving. Absolutely. A great 
couple of resources um, to go to. Do you know the guy? You've heard of Rich Dad, Poor Dad? I've read that book. He does a lot on investing and he has a great kids line as well. So he has some great books. That's awesome. Sorry, I got you off there. Uh, But he has a a book for parents, but then he has a cartoon book as well, like a comic book, all for kids about uh, the importance of investing and how to use their money, uh, how to use their money that way. Was that part of the inspiration to invent this uh, four-pocket allowance? So we have read all of Rich Dad, Poor Dad's, my husband and I. We we suck this stuff up. I did not learn about finances a lot as a kid. Uh, It wasn't until much later in life, but uh, I enjoy it. I see money as kind of like a puzzle and all the things that you can do with it. Um, So we'd read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so that was something that was always in our mind that a lot of this comes from what are the things you wish you had learned earlier? I think we all have as adults have so many things that we say, oh, I wish I'd known that 10 years earlier. I wish I'd known that 10 years earlier. So let's start taking some of those things and teaching them to our kids. Let's raise a generation that isn't saying that 20 years from now. Absolutely. I totally agree 100%. And on that same very thought, are you familiar with a person named Dave Rand? Ramsey. I am familiar with Mr. Ramsey. Yes. How how do you feel about his financial approach to all this stuff? Uh, I think I think it's a great system. I haven't gone through all of his courses. Like I do want to caveat that. And I think it's just about it's about when it comes to finances, it's about finding the person that you you jive with on the right level that kind of speaks your language. Uh, and I think why it's so why it's so important to, to shop around. So I haven't actually done his courses. I, I follow some of his uh, social media, see what he's up to, but I don't want to say touch because I haven't been in there into the weeds of some of what he's done. No, totally understand that. And you made me think of how Chris and I have conversations like how you do about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We have conversations about Dave Ramsey and just finances in general. And so um, as you're thinking about this as a blended family, um, and I know that you've navigated it with kids, but how have you carried some of these lessons into your marriage relationship to find financial success? Ooh, those are great questions. So I would say that the two of us, something that my husband and I have a lot in common is we prioritize or we see an importance in financial freedom, in not being tied down to to mortgages, in making sure that we've invested and and trying to bring that to our kids. Somebody asked me the other day, is about having your letting your kids be rich when they're older. And it's not about giving them everything that they want necessarily. Uh, not even that. There's I'm going to take you on a little bit of a tangent here. There's a Warren Buffett quote. And Buffett said, I want to give my kids everything they need to be able to do anything, but not so much that they can do nothing. So we're not mm. doing this and we're not raising kids to be financially free so they can sit around video games all day. Oh, it's about that. raising them so that they have freedom and choices. Yeah, it's about so they can choose that when they're older and they have kids, if they want to take their summers off to be with their kids, they have the financial freedom to do that. Or if they want to take a job at a nonprofit that pays less, they have the financial freedom to do that. And that's something that we try to mirror in our own lives and try to to work towards the multiple streams of income. And my husband and I are just finishing a year and a half of intensive, we're doing options trading, which sounds so boring to everybody else, but it's something that's a priority for us. And we try to model that for our kids. And even if they don't understand everything we're doing, we want to model that we're always learning, we're figuring things out. Uh, We take time and we don't, we're not an ostrich about our finances. We don't put our head in the sand. I love that so much. And that quote really, it just really resounds with me about 
this philosophy that Chris and I have discussed is we want our kids to be able to be productive members of society and to support themselves. And we want them to have a great future, but we also don't want to be the ones responsible for funding all of those fabulous things once they're old enough to be on their own. And I think that that you're right that systems like this, teaching kids to build their own financial muscles is really key to that and helping them to develop these skills. And um, I just, I loved seeing when we opened up the package for the boys last weekend and explained to them briefly what it was, how they ran for their money to start organizing it. And then Chris and I each took one of the boys and started to talk about what is invested, what is saved, what is for spending. And, And they carried the spending little pouches with them around over the course of the weekend, just in case we could be somewhere where they could spend it. And so it's just shifting that that mindset. I love it so much. And we're just we're more than slightly obsessed with your company now. Oh, fantastic. I love to hear that. And the one we didn't touch on and we won't go into a lot of it is the giving side of it. Like our kids now, do you remember when we used to have like charities at school and we'd bring home those little envelopes and you go door to door and you collect money for them. But nowadays they just bring them home and we go online, we tap or not tap into our credit card numbers. They don't see the money anymore. They don't see us giving and being charitable. And especially right now with everything going on in the world, uh, it's such a great opportunity for kids to go into their own giving money and seeing that they could be helping out uh, with everything that's going on. That's fantastic. I was going to ask you a question here about uh, the difference between Canada and America. In America here, uh, in the U.S., uh, we have a problem, I would say, with kids um, not learning the financial literacy um, like at early age like you're teaching. So what happens is that a lot of kids never, ever leave the house. I mean, talking like to learn they're 20, they never leave the house. Oh, it's too expensive. I can't afford it. But yeah, but yet you're taking trips to Europe, you know? I mean, um, they don't have their priorities straight. Does Canada have the same problems that we have here? Uh, I, I think the problems are everywhere. And some of it comes from an education side. Uh, some of it comes from we're living in this world of Facebook and Instagram where we see pictures of everyone else living. We see like the top 1% of everybody's lives, right? It's the piece right. that everybody cho- chooses to show. And so I think it's so easy to get caught up in comparison and looking at what everybody else is doing. And keeping up with the Joneses was one thing, but now keeping up with all of your friends on Facebook just takes that to a, a whole other level. So I think I think the problem is is everywhere. But I also see great stories about millennials who are retiring when they're 30 because they started saving and they have the smaller homes. And so I think we, we start to see both trends. And I'm hopeful that uh, that if we keep educating our kids and making them aware of things that that we can make real shifts in this next generation. That's so awesome. And we, like I said, we're fans of this entire system, the four pocket allowance and the philosophy behind it. And so for anybody listening today, Sarah, where can they find your products and find you so that they can learn more about raising financially literate kiddos? Fantastic. So our website is a four pocket allowance and that's the number four dot com. And then we'd love to have everyone join us over on Facebook and Instagram uh, at four pocket allowance. And there it's all about it's not just about money, but it's where that money mindset meets growth mindset, that great spot between the two. 
Fantastic. So for all of you looking for a way to help raise your kiddos to be financially savvy, definitely connect with Four Pocket Allowance at fourpocketallowance.com. And thank you so much, Sarah, for being our first international guest on the podcast and for not only being our guest, but teaching us about how we can be more effective in raising our own kiddos. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I really hope you'll keep uh, keep me in the loop with how things keep going with the kids. Yes, I think it's great. I love it. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, guys, what's up? It's the J-Boy Show. I'm Ezekiel. And I'm Jacob. And I'm Mason. And don't forget to listen to our new uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. It's a lot of fun. Yes, it is. We and- talk about sports, motors, engines, and all kinds of stuff. And YouTubers. And YouTubers. So don't forget to subscribe and listen in every Sunday. All right, and keep moving forward. 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 That was a super fun interview. And I totally forgot, Chris, while we were talking with Sarah, to mention to her, do you remember that our boys started a club together? Oh, they did? What kind of club? They call it the Rich Kids Club. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't have any money at the time. It was like, it was like, what they use like Monopoly money or something like that? No, that's why they had like their little fake briefcases they were walking around with and they were stuffing their dollars inside of them. Yeah, but they weren't like real dollars, were they? Yeah, they were. They were carrying around those cases and inside of the cases, they had like all of their little dollars that they were collecting from allowance and things like that. And then the kids would come down with each of them had their own little briefcase and they'd sit down at the dining room table and they'd have rich kid club board meetings. How'd that go? Uh, well, they had a CEO, they had a treasurer, a secretary. Uh, I don't know exactly what they did, but they did have the rich kids pledge. Oh, I remember it. So it was something something about like, I pledge to be a rich kid and to always provide for my family. And (laughs) I don't know if that, I I think you inserted that part. I think it was more like, I want, I want to be rich and I want money and uh, more money for me. Thank you. Or something. No, no, it wasn't. It was like, I pledge to be a rich kid and to grow up and have money to take care of my family. It was so bizarre, but it was so hilarious. And so They've already got this plan in mind to be successful young men, which is awesome. That's great. And I think with Sarah's kit we got for the kids, it kind of makes it more focused so they can really, instead of just throwing money in a briefcase and let it spill everywhere, um, they can put it in these little sleeves that are designated for what they're for. Yeah. And I was just wondering, Chris, like at what point when they have that little investing pouch filled up a little bit more, do we take the kids to start their own savings account at the bank like how old should they be how old are you allowed to do that at well i think when you're under 18 it's called a minor account so you have to have a parent on there with you until you're 18 is it for any account or just a checking or savings no or what? it's for any account they call it a minor checking well they don't do checking what do you until- do with kids that are like 16 that are working though they get a paycheck How's you that still work? have to have a parent on there as they're still a minor until they're 18 on their account as like a co-signer or like a signatory See, I don't know how this stuff works at all. I mean, you know, I, I got to figure this stuff out. I know Jacob really, really wants his own debit card. He like really wants his own bank <laughs> account. He wants he wants to be a grown up so badly. You yeah, know? he really does. And like for Zeke, I started one for him. I started a savings account when he was born. Like that very next month I went and I signed up for an account for him. And then every month I have a little bit taken out of my paycheck. So it's like, you know, it's like 25 or $50. And every time I get a little bit of a raise, I'll put like, an additional $25, I'll increase it. Um, It's not as much as I would like for it to be, 
But it still does add up a little bit, you know, over time. But I think that the missing piece has been getting him to contribute. And I think that's the really important piece is not just creating a nest egg for your kid to inherit, not like a trust fund. It's not going to be that. But to get them involved, like Sarah was saying, in the act of saving and investing. Correct. I think that um, it's good to have the kids participate and actually know the value of where that dollar came from and that they particularly put it into their own you know, nest egg or their trust fund or whatever, or their own, you know, savings right. account mm-hmm. or whatever. They physically, it wasn't just handed to them. And that's the thing I talked to, talked to Sarah earlier was that like kids uh, that are just given stuff have a different um, understanding of actually the money and the dollar itself. Yeah. And that's one of the things that you and I talk about is like the difference between the kid that earns their enough money to buy their first clunker car versus the kid that's gifted an extravagant car for their birthday who is going to value and appreciate it it more. And, you know, I would say that while there are some exceptions of kiddos that take really good care of their car that were gifted it, that the ones that really have to work for it want to maintain it because that's an investment, which is exactly what Sarah is talking about. And now it's time for... Hot Topics. So, hey, Christine, do you know what next weekend is? Uh, well, the weekend after Cinco de Mayo. It is? Yes. Oh, check that out. But uh, more importantly than that, it happens to be Mother's Day next weekend, next Sunday. Oh, I totally lost track of that. I've like lost all track of the calendar because it's honestly like the way that I feel about it is like we can't really do anything. So I just, I guess I wasn't expecting that we were going to do anything for Mother's Day. Well, um... It is Mother's Day next weekend, and I know a lot of people are on quarantine like Christine. She hasn't left the house, like, hardly ever, so she's getting really clawing at the walls. You're like an inmate that's, like, you know, checkmarking the days and months and just, you know? Wow. Thanks for, you know, just reinforcing that. But I've just come up with a new nickname for myself. What? Quarantine Christine, because it rhymes. Oh, there you go. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Quarantine Christine. So, uh, quarantini for Christini. There you go, for Mother's Day. <laughs> Mother's Day is next week, and I know that with Mother's Day and everything being closed, and the restaurants are closed, and all the br- brunch is a big thing for Mother's Day, isn't it? Like, it's Yeah, all it totally about the brunch. is. It's about brunching, and San Diego is like the brunch capital of the world. It is? Is it? No, it's just like everybody brunches in San Diego, well, and I'm missing Day. my brunching. No, in general, but... Especially on Mother's Day. You know what's funny? There's this place in San Diego that does brunch, and they do it. I think it's a marine room. They have like the waves that crash right by the, by the water. Like I'm talking like the windows for the restaurant are literally right on the sand. I, I mean, know. I've I, always wanted to go there. And I think it's sometimes the water crashes like right up or gets real super close to, to the windows. Like literally on to the, the window. Like the water for the waves to the splash. Wall. The windows on the restaurant. It would be kind of scary, I think, if I'm sitting there and the waves... <laughs> it's just like is, being on a cruise ship. Yeah, I guess. On the bottom deck, maybe. And the waves <laughs> are splashing at your window while you're trying to eat your breakfast. I'm trying to eat an omelet here. I got the ocean just splashing up against You've me. You've been there? Yes, I've been there. What? Not for brunch, but I've been there. What? I think it was. I think it was prom. Our prom dinner was there, I believe. You're so fancy. Yeah, well... I want you to take me there. After quarantine is up, can we go to the marine room? Um, yeah, I got to make reservations. Maybe I'll book them now and maybe we'll have them available next year. I don't know. Yeah. Money bags. Take me there. Okay. So whatever. (laughs) The kids are full. They're full of money. Back to Mother's Day. Uh, so one of the things that my, my sister brought up to me actually, because she's a school principal is how 
kids normally when they're at school around this time frame, like younger kids get to do some type of Mother's Day project and they take it home and it definitely helps busy dads out with having a little yeah, something but they special. Don't, they don't expect that to be like their main gift, like the cardboard cutout thing that kids make at school. You don't expect that to be like the main Mother's Day gift, do you? Well, if that's the case, I'm off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not off the hook because what? schools are closed. But I would say that my favorite Mother's Day gifts that I ever received from Zeke were those little things that were made at school. Actually, next to my computer monitor at work, I have it's a rock and it was painted by Zeke to look like a little ladybug. He got you a pe- pet rock? It did. It was a pet ladybug ladybug rock, and he made it for me when he was three years old. And I have kept it next to my computer monitor for the last 12 years. And when I'm super stressed out, I just pick up that little rock and I rub it a little bit, and it just reminds me, like it grounds me. And so those little homemade gifts are super heartfelt and important. And a lot of kids aren't going to be able to bring them home. So we wanted to make sure that we brought up Mother's Day this week so that we can throw around some ideas of what you could possibly do to show mom you still love her on her special day. Okay, I'm listening. What you got, Christine? Because I'm going to start taking notes. Well, we talked a little bit about this this morning. So one of the things that Chris and the boys are going to do, they have invited the boy's mom over here. And what are we going to do next Sunday? Oh, me and the boys, or sorry, the boys and I are going to cook brunch breakfast at the house. Yeah, for me and for their mom. Yes, I'm thinking maybe eggs and bacon and pancakes and blueberry pancakes or strawberry pancakes or I take the, what I do with the strawberries, I thinly slice them and I insert them into the batter when I'm cooking it on the grill, the pancakes, it Mm -hmm. comes out fantastic. That's awesome. You know what we should do before that is we should set up that outdoor griddle because... I forgot about that thing. We totally need to set it up because you can make a bunch of pancakes there and eggs and all If the weather's are- nice too, because the weather um, last was last month, it was like pouring like crazy, like doom and gloom. The right, time, but it wouldn't know? give you an extra kitchen. So you have the kitchen inside and the kitchen outside. It gives you more space. I got to figure... I gotta, it's the box still. We got, <laughs> for Christmas last year... Shh, don't tell that. Okay. <laughs> well, for Christmas last year, we no got... Christmas this year. Oh, well, sorry this year well that was last year no we haven't had christmas yet okay anyways go ahead it was this um what do you call it? like uh what do you it's call an it? outdoor griddle my parents got us a blackman grill and it's supposed to be amazing it's like like it looks like a teppanyaki grill that you would have at like Benihana. uh, Benihana's. Benihana's. yeah and um we need to set it up we just haven't had an opportunity it runs I, on propane i got i have an extra propane tank so it runs on propane and i can hook the thing up and i can um you know, grill it outside. I just have to set it up. But the whole setup process is what we have not done yet. Right. And so uh, we're going to do that. And I'm going to put on the grocery list for Chris to pick up a bottle of champagne and some orange juice so we can have mimosas. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll help with giving you the list of things to do. Uh, And then the other thing that we were talking about this morning is like, this has been a super stressful time. And I think what moms really are wanting more than anything is a little bit of time to themselves just to for self-care or just to think. And so one of the things I told Chris that I would really like is um, we have a really big soaking bathtub here with jets. But a it's bragger like, you, you know? I know. But like when you get into the tub and it's kind of hard on the back to lean back, it's not as soothing. And I said, oh, I would really like a bath pillow and he chris was like well what is that well it's a pillow that you can it has like suction cups and you insert it to the side Does of the it? bath i thought it was just like waterproof no it's waterproof and it has suction cups so it stays in its place and then you can relax and 
Um, I think I have a couple of bath bombs. And so what I would like to do more than anything on Mother's Day is to just have a quiet soak. Maybe I'll put out some candles and you can like keep the kids quiet watching a movie or just give me like an hour or two of quiet time. That would be like an amazing gift where nobody's pounding on the door and trying to come in. Oh, yeah. Lock the lock the door here. And then um, I'll stay out of your hair and or the kids will stay out your hair. I hope. And um, that's the goal. And you, you enjoy Chris's spa. <laughs> You're so funny. It's a Chris and Christine uh, spa studio. But then the other thing is uh, for that Mother's Day brunch is if afterwards all of the dishes were cleaned and the kitchen hey, was cleaned. Hey, you know what? You know what? You don't ask for everything. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you can't make us brunch and then leave us the mess. Come on now. You know, that's not, a, not relaxing. Well, we'll see. That's extra. That's extra. We'll see about that. Maybe we'll save that gift for uh, your birthday. Uh booger you can clean up after yourself and so there's lots of little things that could be done that don't cost a lot and um you know everybody is at a different place financially at this time of the year and it's those little gestures that really mean a lot and do you know what would actually be super sentimental what what's that would be a handwritten note from the kids and from your partner about how much they love and appreciate you and specifically what for not just like hey thanks so much uh, to my partner in crime, I appreciate you. But like specific things. Like, thanks for dinner. It was great last night. Or like, I really love how you are so um, dedicated to educating our kids. And, you know, thank you so much for the little things that you do that nobody sees. For women, we like to know that all of the little extra efforts that we do aren't unseen. And we don't ask for affirmation or recognition all the time. But on a day like Mother's Day, especially if money is tight and you well, even if, whether or not money is or isn't tight, we all want to know that what we're doing is important and it's noticed. Well, I think it is, especially right now with all the kids being home. Mother's Day is a whole new meaning. It's like an elevated, amped up version of Mother's Day in the past. Why, why is that? Because the kids are home and the mothers are doing more. I bet a lot of the moms are doing so much right now with all the getting them taking care of the online schooling, making sure they're on track with that. The kids are home all the time. They're not going anywhere, and they can't really – they're not supposed to go see their friends, but some do, I'm sure. But they're so cooped up, and the moms are are really the ones holding down the fort. You know, you're going to make me cry. The fact that you recognize that, like, it means so much to me. Of course I recognize that because I'm out there working. I know Christine is stuck here taking care of a lot of things, and she can't go out and leave, and I'm out leaving. So I get so frustrated that I have to go out, and I'm so busy at work, and I'm away from everything. And she gets frustrated because she's stuck. So we're both frustrated (laughs) for two different things, which is opposite ends of the spectrum, but, you know. Right, but I love the kids, and, you know, we were talking last night about, um, you know, being – stressed and what I feel like all the time right now and not to be a downer but what I what I struggle with is feeling like I'm not being good at anything because I have to work full time and then I'm trying to educate the kids and I'm trying to separate from being teacher and go into mom slash bonus mom mode and it's like none of those things do I feel like I'm being super successful at and so this Mother's Day For all of the ladies out there, whether you are a mom or not, we know that you're struggling with a lot of different emotions. And so can we, instead of calling it just Mother's Day, can we just call it Self-Care Sunday for ladies in general? It doesn't roll off the tongue quite the same way as uh, Mother's Day, but okay, go right ahead. Thank you. And because I want to give all ladies permission to take a break next Sunday 
and to just focus on yourself and your well-being. And for all of the ladies out there and gentlemen, too, because we know there's single dads that are definitely putting in a lot of work and dads in general. Thank but, you. Thank you so but much. But because it's Mother's Day, we're focusing on the ladies. Okay, okay. That we want to say thank you for all that you're doing during this really um, unprecedented time. And we appreciate you. And we would love to hear from you on our social media pages around what you're going to do for whether you're a guy or a gal, what you're going to do for the lady in your life to celebrate her on Mother's Day slash Self-Care Sunday. And that, Christine, is fantastic. Thank you so much, baby. So next up, we are going to get into our favorite new Shout Out Central. Yes, we are. And I am going to start out with the countries that joined us this week. We had with us, of course, the one, the only United States of America. Also joining us this week were Ireland. Okay. Canada. Yes. And Spain. Hey, now. And we had one of our countries join us back this week, and that is Indonesia. Okay, awesome. And so we want to say to Indonesia, Selamat Siang. Oh, perfect. I know. Did you catch that? That was like a little hello in Indonesian. Oh, fantastic. I know. And then we had a new country join us this week. What you got? What you got? What you got? The Russian Federation, so AKA Russia. Mm -hmm. And to them, we're going to say Zdrasti. 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 That's a greeting. It's a formal greeting in Russia. And I actually did a little video so that I could try and say that appropriately. You did a fantastic job. Thank you. I I might have slaughtered it, but. Welcome. And thank you for listening, by the way. Thank you thank for you. listening to all of our inter- international listeners. We love you. Now we get to scratch off another new country on the map. Awesome. And bringing it back to America in the U.S., our, I just found a few cities on here that found that were on the list that I haven't really recognized before. And, and starting off, we have Clifton, New Jersey. New Jersey? I don't know if New Jersey's joined us at all before. I maybe they have, maybe they haven't. I have to go back and look. But thank you for listening, New Jersey. Next, we have Richmond, Kentucky. Ooh, thank I, you, Richmond. I've never been to Kentucky. I don't think I have either. I would like to go. Oh, okay. So awesome. we will come and visit Richmond. And the next one we got is Chicago, Illinois. Ooh, Chi Town. Hey, the uh, map. Christine, do you like the deep dish Chicago pizza or the thin sliced New York pizza? Which do you like better? I love. Chicago deep dish pizza, and there is a place that I love, and it's called Lou Malnati's. Is it in Chicago? It is in Chicago. It is famous, but I've also heard that Giordano's is like another rival Chicago deep dish pizza place, and I was actually thinking about shipping some Giordano's pizza to us. You can do that? Yes, frozen pizzas, and they come like in dry ice. Wow. Yep. Let's do that. So Chicago, we're going to come visit you, and we'll meet up at Lou Malnati's. How's that? Sounds fantastic. And the next one we got on the list is from California here. That is Grover Beach, California. And that is my very sweet friend. I know who's listening from Grover Beach. Oh, you Beach. do? Who yeah, is it? I know. My high school bestie. And she's listening. I'm not going to shout out her specific name. Give her a little privacy. Okay. But uh, I do know that little town. And it's a sleepy little town on the central coast of California. It's the cutest little place. And thank you for our listener or listeners from Grover Beach. We appreciate your support. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you for sticking with us. We hope that you got some good information from that interview. And thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right. Forget about the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. 
If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward.